Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, I'm glad we got a little bit of snow in parts of Montana. I know Billings got some fresh snow this morning. Most people are just getting the fresh cold. And when I say fresh cold, I mean like 59 below zero fresh on McDonald Pass last night. But I'm glad we got a little snow in parts of Montana because then we can talk snow plows and so much more with Mac Long, uh, the head of the Montana Department of Transportation, joining us in the show today. It's going to be great to have him on the program. Real quick, before we jump into it, though, yes, Yesterday, uh, we had the big news, and man, people are so excited about this. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing all of the, the people that are sharing this story on social media, and, and they're so excited about this big news for Glendive, Montana. $125 million investment that should eventually lead to 350 good-paying jobs in Montana. We spoke with the company's CEO yesterday. They should be up and running uh, by mid-February. In Glendive, Montana, that's when we'll be there for the Gate Show once again, uh, the Glendive Vegar Trade Expo. Uh, but but uh, I spoke with the governor, with Governor Greg Gianforte, just a few minutes ago. And, of course, his team was very instrumental in helping to make this whole thing happen. Montana now home to over 150 firearms and ammunition businesses. But, but the governor was telling me, um, you know, in, in terms of how soon Brixdale Defense will be up and running in Glendive, Montana, the governor was telling me that, that the, the, the product they're getting from Alpha Loading Systems in Stevensville, Montana, uh, should be there by the first week of February. So one Montana business supporting another. Great news. But then the governor delivered some, some more incredible news, some huge news for Helena, Montana. Helena, Montana, Olympus Arms is going to be doing a $50 million investment in Helena, Montana. They're going to be building their guns in Helena, Montana. And I'll be at the SHOT Show in two weeks down in Vegas. That's the biggest guns and outdoor gear show in the world. And the governor was telling me last year Olympus Arms was voted best in show. Uh, with with some of their products down there, so hey, we got to get Olympus Arms added to our lineup for our shot show coverage uh, coming up here in just two weeks as well. But uh, Mac Long, the director of the Montana Department of Transportation, you know, you're a business guy. You were in the private construction business uh, before becoming head of DOT, so you understand how big this news is for Eastern Montana, especially. I do, Aaron, and it's thank you, thank you very much for having me on, and I always an honor to be here. And yes, we need that. That's what keeps Montana growing. That's what we need to have people help drive because when you drive, you buy gas. When you buy gas, we get fuel taxes. When we get fuel taxes, we put them all back into the roads and we maintain them, we build them. And it helps us with the maintenance and the snow plowing. Well, we had our, our Cuban-American friend Mario and Glendive call in yesterday and say, this is going to benefit the truckers. They're going to yeah. be shipping this ammunition, whether yep. it's to the airport or down the interstate. And construction, I mean, yes. they're going to be building infrastructure the, to the, support these industries. The ripple effect is wonderful, and we couldn't be happier to... Like the governor says, Montana's open for business. And, well, and especially to have this development in eastern Montana and places that really need it. We've seen explosive growth in the west. Time for some growth in the east. That's what we're getting. More with Mac Long, the head of the Montana Department of Transportation. Right. After- Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. 
All right. Look at old, look at old Mac is back. Mac Long, the director of the Montana Department of Transportation, in the house with us. Uh, did you drive your electric vehicle to the studios today? Uh, Thank you, Aaron. No, I did not. You did not. I was worried because I was like, man, if he doesn't get here in five minutes, we might have to send out a search team because sometimes those EVs don't hold up in the cold weather that well. Exactly. You think you have a charge until it's 15 below and <laughs> you're you're out there hoping and wishing. Oh, yeah, hopefully you're not <laughs> stranded near the Taj Mahal, Taj Mapati rest stop near Muscle Shell or something, you know, when your EV breaks down or loses juice in the extreme cold weather. Exactly. Man, yeah. But well, it's great to see you. Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure to be back and talk about everything transportation. Well, we don't have to spend too much time talking snow plows because we had the, one of the last times you were in, we talked about the, the tow plow, where now not only do they have the plow on the front of the snow plow, but they got a tow plow behind it so they can cover a wider swath of road. And that was really cool. And then we had a bunch of great phone calls talking about the warning lights on the on the snow plows and more. But let's start with just kind of an overview, the latest on infrastructure projects that you're tracking and the progress being made, kind of doing a, doing around the horn for us, if you can, around Montana, some of the big projects. Thank you, Aaron. And again, we just finished up the biggest project we'd ever let, Yellowstone River Bridge Project, where we went from two lanes to three lanes on the interstate here in Billings and Slutton Construction and Riverside Construction helped us build that, and that worked out really well. We're doing projects statewide. We have five districts across the state, and Glendive's the headquarters of District 4, so that will be great to get the arms manufacturer out there. And again, in Kalispell, Kalispell, Missoula, Great Falls, Billings, Bozeman, every place we are using the IIJA Infrastructure and Jobs Act to try to get more built around Montana and try to really look at what's needed. And we use what's called P3, um, Pavement Performance Index, and, and all that to make sure that we do the right job, the right um fix or maintenance at the right time so yeah well i i like the three lanes over the yellowstone river in particular because uh now when i'm you know picking up my camper from brett's rv and marine it is a lot of room now there uh, it is. It, well and traffic really uh, started started to get congested in that billings laurel lockwood interchange area because it really is a, a key focal point for a lot of ag traffic and, and commercial traffic that's you know heading down to denver from the high line or heading towards yep. Uh, bismarck yep and we do that all over the state i mean we're constantly looking one of the major focuses we have for montana department of transportation is bridges we have a lot of bridges that were done during the depression wooden timber bridges so we're looking at upgrading those we're trying to work hard with the counties we uh the senate or the legislature passed senate bill 536 which gave us some extra money from the surplus and we're helping give that to work with the counties, give it to the counties, use it to match funds that they can go out and get discretionary funds and help them take care of these bridge projects. Yeah, because I, I should have pulled up the numbers because I remember a few years ago there was a report that was done that was talking about all of the, the, the bridges in Montana that were in really, really bad shape. And dozens, maybe close to 100, maybe that's – I can't remember the specific number. You might have it. And some of them, like you might have school kids near Plevna, for 
example, that their school bus route got extended by another 40, 50 miles because of a bridge that they couldn't use. So, so, so talk about some of the key bridge projects you've been working on. Well, and we're, we're looking all over. We have, we worked with MACO Association of Counties and MLCT, the League of Cities and Towns, but to look at what Every county, all 56 counties, what's their priority? So we have a hit list of about 132 bridges that are the county's priorities. So we're trying to make sure what do they need? Can we, if they're load posted, if they have to be careful, you can't even take a bus across them. Can we put an extra extra couple beams in them? Can we put soldier piles in them? Can we do something that will get the load posting off so you can use it so the counties then have time? We call them the quick fixes to get that load posting off. And that's kind of our priority. And then we have, there's over hundreds, 400 and some all across the state, mostly in the eastern Montana, where we're trying to come up with a plan over the next five to eight years, how can we take care of these? How can we just start picking them off, using discretionary money, using IIJA, helping the counties and make sure we get these fixed? Because again, when they were built in the 30s, timber bridges, we didn't have big, huge grain trucks like we did now. We didn't have big, huge combines. So we need to kind of come come up with the times. That's right. And I, I know you mentioned a couple of the, the big bridge bridge projects you've been working on lately. You had one in Daniels County near Scobie. And then another one, what, is this Wait. one in Chinook, currently yep. underway, right? Yep. And those were, again, we have our plans, but life happens. Things happen. Um, they're the main beam cracked up in Chinook, and so we had to quickly, our forces said, look, let's get it down to one lane, put them on the other side. So the traffic's kind of slow and snarled up there, but we have an incredible team. Um, Lindsay Kappas jumped right in, started designing the fix within hours. Our whole bridge team, our maintenance team, are already started ordering materials. We'll work with Blaine County and we think we can get that hopefully at least temporarily shored up and fixed and open hopefully by the end of February. You know, I remember when the, the massive flooding hit like Red Lodge, Montana and other parts of Montana, I remember just how amazingly fast uh, the DOT, local crews, construction crews were able to get everything back up and running and I, I think that's a testament to having business leadership with private sector experience at the helm uh let's talk about that and more right after this plus we can take your phone calls with mac long from the broadcasting live across the great state of montana this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, let's start with a phone call, 406-294-0970, or you can message us on our app as well. But great to catch up with Mac Long, the head of the Montana Department of Transportation, joining us in studio here. Uh, let's go first to the phone lines. We've got Derek in Billings uh, listening to KBUL. Derek, did you have a quick question or comment? Yeah, I travel a bunch for work. I'm just kind of curious what the status is on the uh, rest area out of Three Forks and then the ones that closed down in uh, Bozeman. 
So the rest area and Three Forks, and then the one that's closed down in Bozeman. Uh, yeah, th- thanks a lot for that for that question, Derek. Now these are the ones. Didn't didn't a lot of locals have concern about these rest stops because because of the the transients in Bozeman? They were afraid that if you build it, they will come. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great question. We closed the rest area in Bozeman, thinking that we were going to switch to the one in Three Forks. It took a little longer than we expected. Uh, they still had some punch lists issues and so that's within we hope within weeks to maybe a month at most to being done and and finished and it is problematic you're right on because we did have both people sleeping living in the parking lot and then they had moved into the building and on the ladies side which was kind of the side away from the road they were camping and putting hot plates there and living there. So oh, man. we had to hire um, security people to kind of patrol it. So it got to the point where we just shut Bozeman down, thinking Three Forks would be open. It's all done. We're just waiting for paperwork. So Interesting. And hopefully you won't get the transient problems there that you got right near the, the, the city of Bozeman. Well, if, who knows? I mean, again, what we're trying to do, what we're looking on on arrest areas statewide is trying to do more alternative contracting design build. And we learned from the Three Forks one, the public comments, they were worried about their um, having a presence, police presence. And so we quickly did a change order. We added an extra room to that rest area that the highway patrol can use, the sheriff's office can use, and our motor carrier service can use. So as we upgrade these rest areas, we're going to do one in Harden. We're going to start putting that into all these. So there's a dedicated spot in these rest areas to help our law enforcement have a place to be, stop, have a desk, have connectivity, and that way, it keeps the rest area safer, and they know there's a presence there. What we're also doing is truck parking. Again, with the new regulations, trucks have to stop. They have limiters now. It's hard stops. After. And they have people monitoring their movements oftentimes, too. Yeah. They do, the big companies. So these rest areas are critically important. And that's why we're trying to expand them to make sure we have extra truck parking. You know, that was a great phone call that that brings up a number of different thoughts and questions. Uh, One, on the state of the economy, uh, had a great phone call from Jim in Malta. who He's been an owner-operator, independent truck driver guy himself. He's been on the board of their organization. But he also understands rail issues. He says both trucking uh, uh, shipping is down and rail uh, uh, freight traffic is down significantly. Could be a sign of what's to come in the Biden tester economy in 2024. But uh, are you seeing kind of that slowdown from your perch at the DOT level? Do you get do you get reporting on on number of truck traffic? But then, but Montana's still doing better than very, the rest of the country. Very so. much so. And our motor carrier service is still involved. And we see as much now as ever. And what you're saying is critically important to us because we as a state need that fuel tax revenue to match with our federal so we can take advantage of the extra federal money that's coming our way. So, And it will be interesting as we go forward, the trying to promote electric vehicles, which is not a bad idea, but we can see it on a day like today. 15 below 
you don't get a lot of mileage, but we're working on that. We're working on the corridors, the EV corridors, trying to get more public-private partnerships to get out more what they call level three fast charges. Yeah, very interesting. Um, it also reminds me, I was trying to pull up my, my old coverage here. Yeah, this was from back in August of this year. Uh, the uh, the Montana State Bobcat, great uh, Dane Fletcher, football player, played for the, in the NFL. Uh, you know, he, he owns a gym in Bozeman now, and, and he had this video that went viral where he was complaining about the transients and how they were, you know, a danger to kids in the area and so much more and how the city wasn't doing anything about it. And so, uh, so yeah, it reminds me of that when we talk about these rest stops. The, the other thing that comes to mind when you were talking about, you know, the interstates, uh, this it seems we've had a big the Gallatin County Sheriff Dan Springer um, says there's been a big uptick a noticeable uptick in wrong way drivers on the interstate especially in Gallatin County uh, why is there such an uptick I I don't have a good answer for that Aaron I wish I did but we have seen that we're starting a pilot program both in Missoula because we used to see it in Missoula, a lot of times the frontage roads are near where the interstate off-ramps are. They just worked well to put the ramps there, and so it can be easily confused. We find probably the majority of the time these wrong-way drivers have are impaired. They just aren't thinking right, and so instead of turning on the frontage road, they turn on the on-ramp. We have signs that say, wrong way, do not enter. But if you're already impaired, you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, if you're drunk and if the signs aren't written in Spanish <laughs> and you're an illegal alien, yeah, uh, <laughs> no say, yeah. uh, no comprende. <laughs> and that, yeah, and yeah, that's actually what happened. I mean, I'm, I'm not just being facetious here. At the, at the end of November and again in December, two different illegal aliens busted driving the wrong way uh, uh, and, and apparently under the influence uh, and driving the wrong way on the interstate. And then we've had an increase, and then we just saw a tragic fatality. I'm yep. still waiting to get information from law enforcement on on the suspect involved in that, you know, where a young mom was killed by yep. a wrong-way driver near Bozeman. And that that was, again, tragic. We, never, we try to, as a DOT, what we want to do is make sure our roads, bridges, our, all of our transportation systems are as safe as they can be. We try to design them that way. We always look at that. That's foremost in our mind. And so, like I said, what we're trying to do is pilot a project both in Missoula and there in the Gallatin Valley where we put up a basically a sign that has radar. And so if you start driving the wrong way down the off-ramp, which you're getting on on an off-ramp, it sees you and starts flashing. Mm. And then we can put, it costs more money, but you can put a cell phone receiver in there, and it calls our transportation management center in Helena and says someone just drove on. Oh, no, that's interesting. Okay. And so we can then call the highway patrol, call the sheriffs right away. Or maybe it immediately pings, like I think about when I was in the military, and we'd have a Blue Force tracker that would show where all our friends were at on the map. Maybe that could automatically show up on the highway patrol's little dash cam, you know, computer screen or something like that. I'm just thinking, I, but I, I like where it. you're going with this. Yeah. I love it. There's another startup for Montana. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's well, that's great to hear. But then you also kind of wonder, look, at the end of the day, if these people are 
completely drunk and and then high on drugs, which is increasing. We're seeing more, you know, people using drugs and alcohol, sometimes a combination of the two. You can have all the flashing lights and they'll just think they're in the disco. <laughs> exactly. And we're even working on that as a Department of Transportation. We're doing a lot of advertising to help look at behaviors. We have engineered the roads to be as safe as they can. Our cars are safe. Our roads are safe. You have to start looking at actual personal responsibility and behaviors. How do you get these people to not drive, drink and drive, not do drugs and drive? Stay out of your car. Stay off the road. The roads, for the rest of us who need to use them, stay at home, but look at behaviors. We started with Duff Watterson, an ad campaign using uh, Tommy Touchdown and Daniel from so Mon- MSU and University of Montana to say, here, we don't drink and drive. We don't get in the car. We, we might compete, but we don't compete on that, and we help support each other. So we have a whole ad campaign. The other ad campaign is using Andy, our mascot, um, Blue Healer, to say, watch your driving. Watch aggressive driving. Watch um, people get late. They get in such a hurry. Just be careful. It's not a speedway out there. You need to be able to get there, and other people need to be able to get there. But also tell these slow drivers that hog the left lane to get out of everybody's way because you cause a lot of problems. And like like me, we're in Montana. We like our space. Yes. I want to get away from everybody else because I get leery when I got other people, you know. <laughs> And so, but you got people like, you know, two cars rolling down the road, but what are they waving at each other? Would somebody get out of the way, right? And, I, and that, because that's where the, where, where the problems really persist. And so the, you got these slow drivers that need to get the heck out of the way. And it leads to that aggressive driving and we all have to just take a breath. And that's where you, thanks, Andy, just relax. <laughs> but we, we do look at that when we set speed limits and it's a, a balancing, we get a lot of requests from county commissioners, from local um, city council saying we got to slow things down and what you just said you don't want to slow things down too much I was going to say you want to keep it consistent because then you create more chaos and you more do. havoc because you've slowed everything down and bogged everything down and everybody's piled up so um, yeah, yeah it's like I get it like in some cases yeah you can't have this speed for that area, but 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 this knee-jerk reaction of just lowering the speed limit or... Well, and to take it from 60 to 45, well, we, we have studies and we know through sound engineering that you can't drop it that fast or that radically. We do traffic studies and people will travel what they feel comfortable. And so we know we can track their speeds and we know roughly where the 85th percentile is and that's what you want to post that that's so very pe- interesting so people go so you to- go with what people are naturally going to do yeah because yeah. sometimes it's kind of like taxes if you set the taxes too high yeah. you push people in another direction they yeah. aren't going to buy it they're going to yeah. buy they're going to go another means they're going to buy it from out of state or online yeah. or whatever same thing with speeds if you set it too low then a bunch of people are going to speed at maybe a, a dangerous they, level and then all it is is a, a piece of aluminum on a stick you want people to accept it and follow it yeah, yeah. There's, there's not enough uh, people to patrol every block, every street. Yep. All right, hold that thought. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. Well, the largest potato expo in history concluded yesterday in Austin, Texas. And, of course, Montana is renowned for its seed potatoes. I was able to catch up with Manhattan, Montana's Tim Van Heisen, who, who said Potato Expo is a way for 
he and his fellow Montana seed potato producers to be successful out in the countryside. For me, it's super important to um, uh, get down here. It's face-to-face -face, um, uh, meetings with interactions with customers, clients, um, uh, new technology. Uh, it's really kind of a must-see for the potato industry, and um, uh, it's been very well worth the time. Uh, a lot of what we're hearing here today, is, or this whole week, is um, uh, t topics about uh, fuels and um, uh, fertilizer, um, uh, kind of where we go, some of the markets that we, um, uh, some of our alternative markets, and, and getting to uh, visit about those, um, uh, visiting with our vendors, seeing where maybe their pricing is going, um, uh, maybe what the pricing of our product is, um, uh, kind of a unique thing in our world in the state of Montana is um, uh, we're not part of the commodity uh, market. And so uh, there's a lot of negotiations in our, um, in our price structures and um, uh, the importance of that relationship. Business is built on relationships and uh, that's what we get to experience here at Potato Expo. Potato Expo 2025 is heading to Las Vegas next year. I'm Lane Ortlund. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we had a, a great question come in from Dale in Big Fork. This came in on our Montana Talks app. Hey, also, if you have a, a quick question or a comment, you want to jump in on the conversation, maybe respond to something I said, respond to something Max said, give us a ring, 406-294-0970. Mac Long, the head of the Montana Department of Transportation, in the house with us. And, you know, transportation is so important. Uh, because we are such a big state, such a rural state. You know, you drive from one corner of Montana to the other. It's like driving from Chicago to Washington, D.C., and I've done it. I've driven from Chicago to Washington, D.C., and I've driven from one corner of Montana to the other and the other corner to the other corner, and uh, so many great paths in between. But uh, let's see, Dale in Big Fork, uh, he first off wanted to give a shout-out to MDT. He says, I travel to Alaska often. And we blow them out of the water on snow removal and road conditions. He says, keep up the great work, which first, Mac, I got to say, I know it's been a challenge in recent years to keep up the work on snow plows, snow removal, just because it's just hard to find people to work these days. Thank you, Aaron. And yes, I have to give a shout out to Team MDT and our maintenance guys snowplow guys, the whole team that works together, the transportation management center, the maintenance shop that keeps the plows running, our plow drivers, all of our team that helps work on the roads and keep the roads passable. It is interesting. You said it. We have incredible geography. We have incredible roads. We have over 600 plows 632 across the state so keeping them maintained keeping them repair repaired replaced upgraded um that we do incredible for what we have we do have some challenges bozeman like you had talked about it's tough to house people i mean when the rents are almost 1200 dollars per room you can hire people who want to work for our team but where do you house them so housing yeah. is problematic um, but we're we're managing, we're keeping things clear and open. It is still tough, like you talked about trucking. Driving home last night, there were two semis, jackknife, going up 
the Bozeman Pass. That'll happen a lot. Yeah, Cardwell had a really nasty, tragic uh, uh, yeah. multi-vehicle pile up here recently as well. Uh, Dale and Big Fork, his question was about the federal, uh, the, the strings that get attached to federal money, especially on some of the, the bridge money and some of the other stuff. Are there some nasty strings that you can't cut on, on some of that federal money? Not nasty. They're just part of what I call the golden rule. When the feds give you the gold, they get to make the rule. So we follow the federal rules. It's a little easier using state money. And so that's, again, where Senate Bill 536 helps us. We can we can have some flexibility and give that flexibility to the counties and to the, the maintenance people, like you talked about, makers. I mean, the county road superintendents do an incredible job, and they we work a lot with them. They take care of all the county roads. We take care of all the state roads and national highways and interstate, and so it's a good – we understand them. They understand us. It's a good teamwork, a good partnership. Well, uh, Sandy and Bozeman, stand by. We'll get to you in a second. Apparently, she's got a good one for us here. About uh, She's got some suggestions for these on-ramp signs in Bozeman about how we can maybe stop the... Uh, so, so, Sandy, stand by. We'll get to you. But first, we've got Dan in Vida, uh, the thriving metropolis of Vida, Montana. Dan, good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear from you, too, Aaron. And uh, this is a good segment today. I just wanted to, first of all, say I really like the Yellowstone River Bridge project. You know, I was in that 35-car pileup on the Yellowstone River Bridge two years ago, and uh, that bridge is a lot nicer, higher. Uh, I like the taller uh, barriers uh, on the sides and stuff. Uh, I feel a lot safer going across it now. Oh, I think I and, remember that. And then weren't you in the, the train derailment, too? Yes, I was in the train derailment just a few months later. Yeah, I'm not traveling with you. That's what I know. That's what I, uh, you know, you, you can carry yeah, your own bags. All <laughs> the, the mayor of Wolf Point has told me if I see him hitchhiking, do not stop and pick him yeah, up. Yeah, just you pick up the inmate in Deer Lodge on the side of the road before you pick up Dan and Vida. <laughs> um, then I got two questions. One is that uh, bridge at Terry. Um, you know, that bridge is uh, pretty narrow and... Uh, I don't know, the sides are real low, and it's just kind of a scary bridge. I'm always real cautious. In fact, I'll stop and wait for someone else to come across it before I'll enter the bridge. Uh, it's almost a one-lane bridge, and I was wondering if there's any plans to work on that one. And then the other question I had has to do with uh, yeah, highway or 27th Street coming down through Billings crossing the railroad tracks. Uh, that is a highway uh, coming from towards Moult or wherever, but uh, it's also... Uh, you know, a pretty vital um, uh, throughway for all of the emergency vehicles coming from the hospitals and stuff. And so I just wonder if there was anything uh, still going on about trying to get that to go maybe over the railroad tracks or, or have some other route there. Yeah, do um, build an overpass or, or like you got in Wolf Point uh, in Glasgow, get an underpass, overpass or an underpass. underpass. All right, Dan, thanks for that. Uh, great to hear from you and uh, travel safe. Uh, <laughs> I know it's out of your control there, but uh, we'll be praying for you. The next time you travel, give us a heads up. Yep, let us know. And thank you, Dan. Great questions. I'll start with the easy one. 27th Street is one of ours, and we did a project here a couple of years ago where we increase the the accessibility with the ADA ramps. We put new pavement down. And yes, it is in our long range plan to look at that, that right there on Montana Avenue. It's interesting when you talk about how big and wide the state is, 
We have the same thing in Belgrade, Jackrabbit Lane. We have it oh, in yeah. Helena. We have it all across Montana. We were developed by the railroad, so our towns all grew up on. And we need those railroads. And, and we do, yeah. and we love our rail partners. But the it is uh, one of those things we are looking at. We do get special set-aside money from the government to help look at at-grade crossings. And there's hundreds throughout the state. Burlington, Northern Santa Fe is working with us to try to put more arms on them or even take them out if we can do things like in Belgrade, if we can go under and make an underpass. Um, we, you're spot on, Dan. It's important for the communities. Those take a little longer. They're a little bigger projects. So it will take probably years. 8, 10, 12 years, because it will really disrupt things. To your question on the bridge in Terry, yes, we're looking at all the bridges. We are tasked by the federal government to inspect every bridge in the state. Whatever, 12, 16 years ago when the bridges collapsed in Minnesota, yeah, that's the, right. the Fed said, okay, you got to get out and inspect them. So we, well, we haven't even mentioned railroad bridges. I know uh, you we know, don't not, inspect those. Not under your purview, <laughs> not under your purview, but uh, yeah, we've yeah. had some, some issues there. But uh, but yeah, when you said there's a, 143 bridges on that critical, on that priority yeah, list, just uh, priority. that's we, even more than I, uh, I thought. Yeah. I thought 100. I was like, was it 100? I, no. I thought it was around 100, but yep. even more. That's crazy. Even more, yep. Well, let's go. Let's go to Sandy in Bozeman. Apparently, she's got some suggestions for how we could keep people from wrong way driving on the interstate in Bozeman. Sandy, thanks for the call. Uh, you're welcome. And the suggestion was not for the wrong way drivers, oh. but another issue with two on ramps in Bozeman, and it has to do with visibility. When you're on the 19th on ramp headed east, or the East Main on ramp headed west. When you're coming around those curves, you know, going onto the freeway, and you're watching for that oncoming traffic that you have to merge with, sometimes they don't see you or you don't see them quite timely because of the way it's uh, curved. And uh, there's a place in Idaho that has a sign uh, before an issue, and it says, through traffic, keep, mer keep left. Because I've been a number of times, especially at the 19th Costco on-ramp, Trucks are barreling underneath that bridge, and suddenly, you know, you've been watching to merge, and suddenly they're on your butt as you're merging because they're not watching for you coming down. And so it's just an, uh, an issue that has uh, exacerbated in recent years as we have more and more traffic. Oh, yeah. Travis said you were you were laughing as you, you called into the show, so I, I wondered if maybe you had some uh, Spanish language or, or heck with the oh, elite. No, I, I could come up with some, but no. <laughs> I was just thinking that for years I thought that that needs to be addressed because I've watched it happen many times, you know, that a simple solution is just, those of you coming around this bend through Bozen, just keep in the left lane as you go through, and then after you get through the town, then go back over into the right. Just stay left, and then on election day, go right. That's, uh, that's an exactly. easy way to remember that. that one. <laughs>
<laughs> that could be some highway signs. Uh, stay left until Election Day. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm Aaron Flint, and I endorse this highway sign. Uh, Sandy, thanks for the phone call. Great to hear from you. Thanks for listening to 1450 KMMS. Uh, all right. Mac Long, 30 seconds before the break. So it sounds like something does need to be done with the wrong way driving and yep. things. And like up. I said, we have two pilot projects. We're working on it, and we're learning from our neighbors. We do a lot in conjunction with the five-state region and with Utah and the others. as And so we learn. We share knowledge, and we're going to learn from Utah and others on how to try to do something. Get it done. All right. Sounds good. Back right after this. So. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's sneak in another phone call as we chat here with Mac Long, the head of the Montana Department of Transportation. Uh, Perry in Columbus next up. Perry, great to hear from you. Did you have a quick question or comment? Aaron, I do. Today, I just want to thank you for taking to the airwaves five days a week to inform Montanans of the real news that we would never otherwise get from the lamestream media. And I also want to thank our great Governor Gianforte for helping to bring family-supporting jobs to Montana, not because of taxpayer money offered from the state treasury for them to come here, but because Montana is a great place to live and work. Expanding and diversifying our state's economic base here is critical to decreasing our dependency on the federal government. The more we can focus on trade relationships with like-minded states, the less we will be under the thumb of the swamp rat deep state dictators in Washington, D.C., so thank you very much. Hey, well said. No, thank you very much, Perry. That was great. What a what a great note to uh, man. It's already Friday. Wrap up the week on that. Thank you so much for that phone call. You know, Perry made a really good point there. You know, the economic developers that we've seen in the past, they'll go to these big companies in these other states and they'll say we're going to give you millions of dollars please come to montana and then they come to montana and they put some little downtown window dressing outfit here we set up shop in montana but they're not really building anything they're not really doing anything and and it's like wow you have all these other businesses that are here in montana why don't you give them their money back why don't you give them tax relief why don't you give them incentives no instead you have disincentives for them to grow their business in the form of a business equipment tax and other things and it's like but yeah that's that's the other big thing about these big gun industry announcements that the governor made here uh olympus arms coming to helena brickstill defense glendive is that He's not giving them perks that he isn't giving you, the Montana business owner, so as well. True. You know? So true, Aaron. And it's, it, we are all dependent on each other. We're a wonderful state. We take care of each other. We look out for each other. And the governor has done incredible. He's lowered the business equipment tax. He's lowered the income tax. We, he has shown that we can grow and keep growing and take care of ourselves. We are grateful as a Department of Transportation. The federal government gives us a lot of money, like I said, and we are grateful for it, and we use it. We Not as much it. as Ukraine, but they, you know. 
We are grateful for what we have. <laughs> I, had to I don't want to be in Ukraine. I want to be right. in Montana. That's right. Love That's Montana. Right. That's right. Well, and I had to throw that one in there because, <laughs> you know, like our friend Marco in, in Malta was telling us, you know, I mean, the money they gave to Ukraine could have paid for 110 St. Mary's water infrastructure projects, which is still needed on that front uh, oh. in a different category. Or pay for bridges or pay for more snow plows. Or I mean, overpasses or underpasses. Or, yes. Yeah, you and name it. Or, that's what we do as a DOT. We do work as a team. We work in partnerships. We try to get out and talk to all of our communities, but we're constantly balancing. We don't have enough money. Um, we need more. We'll take what we can. We use what we have. And we have an incredible team at Team MDT to do everything that we do. Dale in Great Falls, we're just about out of time, but did you have a quick question or comment? Yes, that bridge crossing the Missouri River, heading into the canyon just outside of Great Falls, uh, I would allow, wouldn't allow uh, semis on that bridge with other cars. Uh, semi damn near run my uh, son off that bridge here uh, about a year ago. It's too narrow, and you get uh, a, t a trucker out of uh, Alberta, cattle truck, just come on and, and darn near put my son over that bridge. That's way too narrow for a, a car and a, and a big cattle truck. I'd put those cattle trucks or put the trucks in the right lane and only one only one vehicle at a time across that bridge. It's way too dangerous. Yeah, yeah. My All right. Th thanks for that. They didn't put him over the side into the Missouri River. Yeah, thankfully they survived that. No, thanks for calling in. You know, it's tough. What, what are the alternatives there in a and, tight canyon like that? And that's what we are working on. We're trying to do this statewide. There are bridges, roads. Um, we have that wonderful challenge ahead of us to make sure we keep the road safe the bridges safe we keep our traveling public safe and we keep commerce moving because we've said it people want to live and work in montana and we want them there and, and thank you i know we're running out of time i appreciate well, Mac, the thank you it's been great and, to have you as always come stop by more often I Mac will. Long. It's, it's good to see you and i I, I saw your kids at nine round yes. kickboxing so i was uh, going to say a big shout out to my family my son's up in bozeman my daughter's here in billings and they're listening to you all the time well and that's so, such an honor it's love, such an honor love you guys much and thanks for supporting me as i travel the state like aaron does taking care of montana yeah well thanks again and good to see you tim lee uh, our friends on kinx in great falls remember our friend tim lee before he you know took another gig he was on the radio before <laughs> us in great falls this guy's incredible he did caricatures he will do he he will draw caricatures he did one of me that i was like holy cow that's so cool he did it while i was in the middle of a show in great falls and tim do you still do these for people you did this for I, 10 years at disney do you still do them for yes people? i do actually i just uh i have tim lee's fine art and caricature and i'm actually traveling around montana now i'll be in kalispell next month i'll be in augusta in june for the augusta rodeo and uh, yeah i'm available for hire it's it's a little bit different than radio yeah. a little different but it's lovely it's awesome to keep people laughing and have a good time and you're uh you basically set up the equipment and yeah. and the producer for sheriff slaughter's podcast he's doing so if people want to set up video equipment podcast type stuff get all the tim lee man he, this guy's got some talent thank I'll you, tell you so what. much Aaron, and it's such a pleasure to see you again my friend good to see you what's your website phone number facebook for caricatures take a look tim lee's caricature and fine art you can find that on facebook and then of course if you want to give me a call 406-781 Five nine eight nine. Thank you so much for the shameless plug, Aaron. And he hit the break right on.